Hey brokers, it's Mark Summers, president of AIM. I'm excited to announce that I will be the new host of AIM's podcast, Broker to Broker. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators, just like me. Download today, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Class Valuation. They are a committed partner to the broker community and are constantly innovating ways to improve your experience, including live appraisal status updates, using Fast Track Pro, and live turn times by county. Check out your local turn times at fasttrack.classvaluation.com. Using your appraisal scope username and password to log in. And because Class Valuation is an AIM partner, members can get real-time support through the AIM Escalation submission form. Class Valuation works hard to make sure your borrowers make it to the closing table on time. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Mark Summers. I'm the president of AIM. I will be your host this uh, this entire season. I'm really looking forward to this. This is, uh, you know, I, I get excited about uh, and get pumped up about uh, things like this because I get to meet more and more of our members. But uh, I'm going to be interviewing Marine Corps veteran, founder and senior pastor of the Kingdom Learning Center and CEO of Mr. Mortgage LLC, None other than DC Terry Senior. How you doing? I'm good, Mark. How are you today? Good. I'm. You know what? I couldn't be better today. Uh, 2021, I feel is going to be a phenomenal year. Looking forward to it. I know you. Uh, you're looking forward to it as well. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> this is going to be a great year, man. Yes. I. I mean, it, with so many announcements that have already come out, and we're only in the sixth day of the month. Yes. So uh, let's get started. Let's hop right into it. You know, DC, tell me, tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about your background. You know, I want to know first off how you got into this industry because I haven't met one person who said, "Hey, when they were in middle school, high school, college, I wanted to be a mortgage broker. Yeah. I wanted to be an originator." So I love hearing the background of how people got involved. So give me a little background on yourself. Well, for me. Um... When I was in middle school, high school, I wanted to be a Marine. And so that was my dream. And um, so I, I went to Marine Corps right out of high school. As a matter of fact, my mother had to sign the, um, the document. I was still 17 when I went to boot camp. And so wow. I went in there and as far as I knew, I was gonna be a lifer and they were gonna have to just tell me, you have to leave. And so I stayed in and, and I was driving to a drive-through one day and I saw a guy that was retired and um, he was taking my order. And I just, just a thought came to mind. I had a mindset then that I wanted to, to be a millionaire and coming from a, a, a single family home, uh, excuse me, a, a single parent home where um, my father was just not there at all, not even in the picture and um, literally not in the picture. And so I, I wanted to do this thing by my mother or home and all types of other stuff like that. And I just looked at it and said, after I pulled off, I said, okay, I can stay in and retire, but will I have to get a job like this guy? I really have to, I have to make a decision here um, on what I want to do and, and how I want to, how I'm going to get here. And so hardest decision I ever had to make in life, even up to this date was making that decision to transition and, and get out of the Marine Corps. And so, um, and the reason that I did that is because I was singing in, in a group and we were looking at signing a contract. And so it was really a business decision for me that I chose business over my lifelong dream. And so I got out and um, a couple of days before the contract came through, I accepted Christ and turned it down. 
And so um, then I started in the Christian side, the Christian music industry, and and ended up managing, uh, became a silent partner of a of a management group, as well as an artist under that same uh, label as well, that same covering. And it got turned out not to be so Christ-like. And so I shifted <laughs> into the um, into the management role, put my career on hold, and I started to uh, manage uh, a Christian contemporary group that had just got signed to a label, and we traveled the U.S. parts of Canada and Europe um, doing uh, concerts and youth ministry for three and a half years, and uh, which is also how I met my wife. And um, we got to a certain point, and the group decided that they were going to go separate ways. And so me being the manager, I really stuck my neck out there quite a bit and sunk everything I had into it. And uh, so I had to do something to recoup funds. And uh, it's a long story, I shortened it. <laughs> so <laughs> You're uh, good, you're good, keep going. I uh, had to do something to recoup funds. And so I, I, I was determined I was not going to go and work for anyone. And so here I was with these big dreams. I found myself in a drug infested neighborhood backing a a 1980 F F100 um, pickup truck that the stick was in the column and uh, wow. backing it up in there that you could see the road through the floor, by the way, <laughs> um, backing it up, laying the tailgate down, l l lining it with uh, aluminum falls, selling fish sandwiches from like fresh fr fried fish sandwiches from uh, nine o'clock in the morning to like three o'clock in the morning until um, I was taking too much business in a local restaurant. Uh, reported me to DHEC. They came out and said, we can't find anything on you other than you don't have running water. If you can just talk to this gas station, I'm sure they help you out. But I knew then that that was my, that was my sign that it was time to shift and move to the next part. So then I found myself in the multi-level marketing industry and um, started there and, and opened an office, had 40 individuals that I, on my team and 10 desks out of that office that um, they were renting. Uh, nine of them rented those desks from me. And it was also during that time frame that I'd, I'd um, right before shifting out of the music industry, I tapped into real estate. And so I would um, look at properties that were in that pre-foreclosure uh, sale, uh, you know, category, find buyers for those uh, properties and piece them together. And you just kind of make a little bit of money in between. So now I started to really dabble more into that while I was in the most multi-level marketing um, realm as well because I saw some things there that I just didn't like as far as how people were being treated after their investments and so then I hit a roadblock I saw that okay I have all of these people that are ready they need to get out of these homes because they're trying to salvage their credit and they're trying to get a fresh start I have the people that actually want to purchase these homes but they combine don't have the money two. right combine the two somehow and I knew from just a, a prior uh, teaching of a um, man of God that I was watching uh, several years, he made a statement, and, and to this day it still sticks with me, and I teach individuals this. Whenever there's a problem, the individual that can provide the solution, they make money. And the difference between providing that solution would be someone that's very important, a sanitation worker, and an attorney, very important individual as well. But what they do is what dictates the amount of money that they make. And I looked at that, that issue and I said, if I can find the money for these individuals, I can make a lot of money while helping so many people. That's how I got into this industry. That's crazy. So you basically went from a Marine to music industry 
to basically like, I guess you'd call a chef out of the back of your truck to, <laughs> to, to, to real estate. Yeah, I did. I did. That's nuts. See, I always love hearing this just because just like I said, no one ever says they want to do this, but they fall into it somehow, some way, whatever path they're, they're, they're given and they love it. And that's yeah. what I absolutely love about this industry. That's, <laughs> that's great. So what, what year did you, would you say you actually got started in this industry? In this industry as an LO, I started in 2001. 2001. That's, that's the same year, exact same year I started in this industry. Yes, we can have a good conversation about this one. What, how much has the industry changed since then until now? Because you're going to hit home with, with, with the veterans that are like, oh my God, that was the wild, wild west days yeah. compared to now. Man, it's, it's, it's really like night and day on, from so many different aspects. Um, during that time frame, um, I started, I, I was like the only one in the office that, um, that really was sent out to do things. So all of our disclosures, we still had to print out and go through them and sign them and, and explain each document. And in a nutshell, we had to know what we we're talking about right? Uh, to really be able to explain it. Today, you just push the button and e-sign. You know, you have lenders like UWM to where you just go in and do a little bit and boom, you, it's, it's kind of done for you in a nutshell, some of it. And so we don't fax anymore. You know, everything is more so <laughs> email or. I, email I remember fax. faxing a. I remember faxing appraisals. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, or faxing the um the actual your your package in your submission your submission package in, and you get to um page sixty, and the fax jams. Yep, so, yep. <laughs> yep, those were the crazy days, and I mean, I mean, I remember. I mean, that was well before like you know CDs, LEs, good faith yeah. estimates. I remember just having having people sign uh, what was it called uh, a fees worksheet, and that was good yeah. enough, and you were good yeah. to go. Yeah. Then you could actually close a loan in five days as long as you had your stuff together, you know. Right. And um, yeah. really just knock it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I I also don't mind it because the industry has changed. I think for the better. Yeah, I agree. Um, in terms of, I, I think it's given us a little bit more work here and there, you know what I mean? And it's made us more accountable, which I'm okay with, you know? I mean, I remember when I started, I didn't even have to have a license. I just started signing loan applications. That's right, that's right. Yeah, you just put your name on the roll. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely changed. It was the wild, wild west days to now, uh, but I, I, I actually still think, uh, you know, if anything, I think we help consumers more now. Yes. I think we're more educated. I think that uh, we're more accountable, which I'm, I'm all for, because as long as you take care of the consumer, everything else kind of falls into place is my motto on everything. Yeah. So let, let's talk about your, let's talk about your business model here real quick. What I, I know the answer to this because I've, I've spoke to you before and I think this is going to shock some people here a little bit, but what type of loans do you do? Um, I really do a lot of challenging loans, you know, um, the, the A credit loans, A plus credit, anyone can do those. And that's probably right. the, I've seen that that's really the business model that's taught a whole lot, but it leaves so many people out. And, um, and those are also not the loans that I cut my teeth on in the industry anyway. So um, I do those challenging loans and I don't know if you want me going how I, I got into doing them and all of that, but that's really, that's my market. Yeah, let's hear it. Like how, so I mean, yeah, because I mean, you're talking about low hanging fruit that you're, I don't want to say you're turning down, but you're going a completely different route. Why, why would you, why would you choose that? Well, it's not exactly the, 
well, if you listen to, you know, everyone, it's not the best business model <laughs> if you're right. trying to build something fast. But for me, if you're trying to build something strong, uh, when you want to build strength, it takes time. It really does. Right. So I started in the industry. Um, I was the I was the only one in the office that looked like me. And so a lot of uh, a lot of the individuals were, um, you know, those those loans were cherry picked and I got the worst of the worst. So I was the guy that was sent out to uh, Charleston or Greenville or Spartanburg or or Chesney and all these other places I've never heard of in between <laughs> that, um, you know, sometimes on loans that never even closed or we get there and find out that things aren't weren't together. And so I was back in the office and they had something called a turndown bin. And so I looked at that turn turndown bin and said, I really want to know why these loans can't get approved. So during that time, it was Homecomings Financial that they were using a lot, which was a sub of GMAC. And so I jumped on the phone with uh, a couple of underwriters and I just said, hey, listen, I have this file and it's not an approved eligible. I need to know why this loan cannot get approved. And so I had a few underwriters that, um, because then these underwriters weren't new they'd been doing it a long time and they had the time to actually share things with you so they actually took me by you know took me up under their wings several of them that I never met and they just explained to me at going through the system okay so this right here this is what the mistake is here if if you change this this will um, this loan will be approved eligible and sure enough it was approved just like that. And so that's what I started doing, going to the turndown bin, grabbing files that the other uh, LOs just either didn't want to take the time to work on because it was just so easy, you know, for them. Everything was being handed to them. And I'd grab those files and then I became the actual number one in the office as far as the, uh, as far as the loans, uh, as, you know, with those closings. It, it didn't make it popular, uh, make me that <laughs> popular, but uh, that's how I cut my teeth on. Interesting. So you saw... You saw the, a turndown bin, which is crazy, yes. <laughs> but yes. you saw a turndown bin and saw opportunity there and you're able to help consumers, which I think, which I think is probably one of our number one goals is, you know, we, we got to do everything we can for consumers. Um, I've said it before, we're, we are what's best for consumers and, yes. you know, we, we have, we have to put our best foot forward to, to find out what we can and can't do for people. Absolutely. You know, everyone, uh, we look at it as loans. But the truth of the matter is, for me, I look at it as a story. Um, when I got at the Marine Corps, there was something that I had not learned that I thought I did. So here I was in, and I still had the same mentality that I had about credit that I had during my childhood when I would order these um, mail order things and, and, um, and I'd have the money to, to make the payment for that month, which is only like maybe three or $4. And, um, but a kid says, well, I have, I have $10. I'll just make it next month. Well, when I got at the Marine Corps, I still had that same mentality. When everything just kind of got off of the auto draft, I had this, it was like a $30 payment. And I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll pay it next month. To me, I was still, I'm a good guy. I'll, um, I have the money. So it's not as if I'm not gonna pay him. I didn't really realize, I didn't know anything about a credit score until I showed up at a dealership to uh, purchase my next vehicle that I never had a problem purchasing. You know, and the guy says, um, and I got a friend sitting beside me, by the way. And the guy says, uh, we, we can't get this done for you. Your, um, your credit's not good enough. Embarrassing. Right, and, right. and I'm like, okay, what in the world is going on? Well, he said to me this, he said, I can see all of your 
all of your on-time payments, but he said right here, it, he called out the month. He said, this is when everything changed. Did you get out of the Marine Corps or something? Did you get out of the service? I said, yeah, that's when I got out. He said, because I can see here. And that stuck with me today that when I'm looking at a credit report, I'm looking at more than just, you know, a file or more than just someone who's, who's a terrible being because they, I see a story. And That's awesome. You, I love you, that. Yeah. When you understand you see someone's story, then you know that you're doing more than getting a loan approved. You're helping someone change their life. That's I'm going to tell you right now, that's powerful stuff. You know what I mean? Because we get, we get engulfed into what we do, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, we get, we get engulfed into the process and what we're doing. But I mean, as I've said, you know, in some of these weekly sales meetings I do and stuff, you know, probably 95% of the people that we help, this is arguably the biggest financial decision they'll ever make. And we can change their lives. Yes, sir. So I like that. I'm, you know, personally, you know, as, as I've told you before, DC, I'm still a producing loan officer, broker owner. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to use that, you know, going into each one. That's powerful stuff. I'm Thank telling you. you. Um, okay. So we, we hear now that you're doing some loans that most people wouldn't take on or probably shy away from, shy away from yeah. what advice or how, I mean, I know you said make it a story, but what's some other advice that you can give to people who are more reluctant to do those types of loans? I wouldn't necessarily tell everyone to do it because it takes a, a lot of this, you got to have the heart. And I don't mean the heart as in you got to have drive. No, I mean, you really have to have the heart to, to really want to help people. And everyone does not necessarily have that. And it doesn't make them a bad person at all. It just means that that's just not their cup of tea. And they're not, they just aren't cut out for that. But what I would say to the individuals that are, you know, cut out for it, whether you know it or not, is never give up, never retreat, never surrender, and always keep the client first. Find out about them. Why are they trying to purchase the home? What are they really trying to do? Because maybe sometimes you just need to connect with, you know, I really want to get my wife this, or my daughter wants her own bedroom. And I promised, I promised my family that this is what I would do for them. I would say do that. And then you want to make sure that you find those lenders. Um, it's kind of twofold. Find the lenders that can do the type of loans that you know more than likely these borrowers are going to be going to and get to know the guidelines and get to know their system. Get to okay. know the people that are working there so that you can pick up the phone and call them. And then also you want to explain to the realtors and the borrowers that, listen, this is going to be a this is like a, a flight and whenever you are, are taken off, it may, you know, there's going to be that, that upfront, you know, excitement, but right. throughout this, you need to know that there's a strong possibility that we're going to hit some turbulence. And so all I need you to do is go, just go ahead and prep yourself for that, that we'll probably hit some, you know, some turbulent times, but we're good at landing this plane. And so I need you to trust us along the way, listen to your flight attendants and do everything that they tell you to do. And if you can do that, just buckle up. We'll get you there. <laughs> so that's another great analogy, man. You're, you're coming up with some of the best analogies out there right now. I love that. Yeah. We'll get you to the place. It's going to be bumpy, but we'll, we'll get you to the landing spot. Yes, sir. Explain yes. it. Explain yeah. it. So there's one thing you touched base on, which was your, your previous history of like credit and, and basically not knowing. 
You know yes. what I mean? And, and I'm seeing that more and more. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I beat it in my kid's head about credit, you know, and being responsible and whatnot, but not a lot of people get that. So how do you handle that along with educating, you know, your consumers, you know, how do you get across, what are you educating them on? God, I don't know where to start with that one. Um, <laughs> well, let, let's talk about this first. How do you, how do you educate your consumers? consumers? Well, mostly um, I try to do some videos but for the most part, that one-on-one -on -one has been really, um, and now we're starting to set it up to where I can just bring everyone into a setting and just just take them from A to Z on and what's important, what you need to do. But I talk with them about their situation. This is what you have to do. This is what we need to do. I talk about the credit. I do more than um, around here. Actually, I'm, I'm one of the first ones that started years ago back in like 2004 telling individuals get a credit card. So now it's like everyone saying, I'll oh, get a credit card, but that's not necessarily the, the fix all the time. Right. Or you know what, do, do um, credit restoration or, or do um, credit repair. And I explained the difference um, between uh, credit repair, which is getting some, something off of your credit that's actually not to be on it. And you actually um, just lying and saying that it's not yours, hoping that it's gonna, gonna fall off. So I actually come at it from a hard, sometimes um, perspective, but that hard truth just to say, listen, this is where you are. This is what we have to deal with. And so those are the types of um, conversations that I have with people. Yeah, I can't tell how many conversations I have with, with people, especially especially first time home buyers and whatnot on credits and uh, you know how sometimes we have to make a plan in order yeah. to put them in, in in the best situation, you know, whether it's lack of credit or, you know, hey, being 30 plus days is not is not good. You know, I don't care what you say. It's just yeah. it's just not good. So, yeah. So, OK, go back to this. So you're doing more videos now. Did you used to do videos back in the day or, you know, because you, you mentioned something to me earlier uh, about you being an introvert and doing videos is not the most introvert thing. I started back in the day and I probably did about eight and um, and then I stopped. So yeah, actually I'm an, I'm an introvert. So if you've ever seen me at the conferences and you just see me walking around, I'm not stuck up. I just, um, <laughs> I just don't have a lot to say. I'm talking now because you're asking me questions. But um, if you turn me around and just say, hey, listen, just go for it. Uh, man, hey, how you doing, Mark? Uh, how's your family and after that you know it's done it's done so i've um those videos uh they kind of i i did a lot then but i did a lot more i do a lot more now and i'm getting into it more so and even in this industry and i did i think i told you exactly how i was ministry wise well you would think that someone who's been in ministry over 20 years they definitely wouldn't be an introvert but that's not that's not true uh I would when I, I was great on the platform, but when I would step down when I'm finished with the message and at the end of the service when the, all of the other ministers are heading towards the back door to shake hands and the pastor and all those people during those during that time frame, I would be standing at the back door that leads to the uh, pastor study or some <laughs> of the other offices and I would just wave at the people. So when I come to uh, some of the conferences and I see someone like Evan Wade and we stand beside each other and we speak and we say about, you know, five sentences. And then after that, we're looking around, we're both comfortable because <laughs> and I love you, Evan. So I said to him, um, you know, I'm an introvert. And he said, me too. And so I look for people like that. So when I saw you the first time, 
um, at Fuse, at, yeah. at our first Fuse, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was determined that I was going to actually come out even more because I'd hit a point in my life and business to where I found that I could no, I could no longer make good on my promises to my family and myself by staying in that bubble because the easy loans or easy leads that were coming from the, you know, those days of Wachovia and all the files that they couldn't do, the challenging files that I did do, those days were gone. And now people just didn't know where I was. They didn't know how to find me. They didn't know who I was or even if someone could do those loans. So I was, I, I, on purpose, I spoke to you. But now here's the fumble. Right after I spoke to you, I was going to speak to Laura, Laura Brandeo. And I turned mm -hmm. to speak to her and someone else got to her first. And so it knocked my thought off. So when that person walked away, she was standing there like this and I was standing there like this. And so <laughs> I stood there and someone else came up and I walked off the next year. It took me a whole year because I decided I wasn't going to speak to her on Facebook. So it took me a whole year. I purposed in my mind that I was going to go back to Laura and speak to her. So the way that I've come out of it, it's been on purpose, but it's for a purpose. Right. I know that I can't build my business the way that I need to and really impact people's lives the way that I need to if I can't talk to them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we all have our own little bugaboos inside of us that, you know, we don't like doing certain things because we feel uncomfortable, but I know, you know, we all, we all fight through that and yeah. we always become better once you can, you know, jump over that hurdle and whatever your, you know, your insecurity is, you just, you just go after it. I mean, because look at you, you're an easy person to, to speak with. You know what I mean? So don't be an introvert. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> I'm trying, I man. I got you. I got you. Now, uh, you know, dealing with mortgage brokers and stuff, you know, one of the things I love about our industry is, you know, there's thousands of us. Um, we all have our own little businesses. But one of the things that I love about us the most is that we're, we're basically – you know, we're deep into our community, you know, and I think that's where, that's where our biggest impact is. Um, the more of us that we can get just ingrained into our community, I think the better, the better we are and the more powerful we are. So tell me, DC, how are you a part of your community? I know that's a broad yeah. question, you know what I mean? But like, when you look at yourself as a mortgage broker, how do you feel you're a part of your community? Well, um, one, I can't look at myself just as a mortgage broker when I'm in ministry as well. So that good point, good point. <laughs> that is all of that stuff is combined that when someone sees me, that's a part of who I am. They see all of me. And so I made a decision some uh, years ago that even on Facebook, I was going to start showing people all of me and not just pieces. And so one of the things that I do is I, I tr try to do a daily, um, at least Monday through Friday, uh, motivation piece to where I will just, you know, share something positive, positive message there. Um, school improvement councils, even at the, um, on the educational level, I've been a part of those for probably the last nine years and um, even chaired um, several years as well. So that um, anything dealing with ministry, uh, obviously there as well, but I really just try to be active in such a way that it's more targeted to where I'm not, um, not trying to seem like I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to get my business out there. Right. You know, I really want to be in a, in a place to where I can help people. 
if that makes sense. Hopefully yeah, no, that answered your question. Yeah, no, no, you you definitely did. You know, it, uh, you know, I did a I did a panel with uh, with some people uh, on Fuse, our virtual Fuse event back in September, and one of one of the pan one of the panels were talking about you know how you're a part of your community, you know, and and a lot of people have to understand that you know you're doing this just to be a part of your community. You don't do it with anything expecting a return. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they see the human side of you yep. and that's what they want to see. You know, they just don't want numbers. Yeah. I mean, trust me, everyone wants the best rate and best cost and all that yep. stuff. But when they know that you're a human being and the type of person you are, that's where it goes far. And that's why I think personally, that's why our industry is the best. Yes, sir. Yeah. So what, give, give me, give me some, um, so you use your, I mean, you don't use your community. You're a part of your community. Would you say that within your community, that's where you get most of your business or do you do any type of other marketing advertising or is it just, Hey, you're, this is my community. This is who I help. I do some marketing now um, through uh, lead pops as far as with uh, Facebook advertising. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, where a huge amount of leads or, or, or closings are coming from uh, as of yet, though the leads are flowing in. I have to be honest with you. I, I'm actually having to, uh, needing to call them now to say turn it down because these guys are great really at what yeah great at what they do so um i just want to get back to your question <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I i do i do that but um i think for for me when it comes down to the um that marketing piece and you kind of help me if i'm if i'm not answering your question as much but what I, what I try to do is also make sure that other than, um, you know, different posts and, and all types of things like this, which I used to do with that, um, like your UWM um, things to where you'd put up and say, hey, listen, close in seven days or, or do something. Oh, yeah. Something like that. I get a lot of referrals from realtors. Um, we get some even from uh, Vet VA, which is an awesome group for veterans. Great group. Uh, as, as well. Um, because people know that we are actually there to help them. But then there's something that I'm really crafting um, more so for me and, and centered around building, um, creating a culture here in the company to let people know that it's not just veterans that I'm after. Also, there's that large group of FHA um, borrowers that fall in a particular realm that because you're not a veteran, this is not really going to be easy for you. And so I'm trying to look at marketing um, that way as well. Did I answer that question or did I kind of veer yeah. off? No, no, no. You're, you're, you're 100% right. Because, you know, one of the things I want to get across with these podcasts is number one, as you've clearly pointed out here is that there's a thousand right ways to do business in this industry. You know what I mean? Yes. You're doing, you're going on your path, which is great. But then I also want to get across of, you know, how people are getting business. You know, some people are big lead generators and that's what they want to work off of. Mm -hmm. Some people, like I'll tell you myself, I'm probably 98% past business and referrals. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I know for my uh, for for some goals this year, I'm trying to flip it a little bit. You know what I mean? Because there's in my eyes, there's only so many referrals and stuff that can go around. Yes. But no, that's what I was just trying to get across. And, and you hit it, which is how do you get your business? Are you marketing? Are you advertising? Is it just all referrals? So do. OK, let's talk about purchase refinance. What would you say your, your percentages on purchase and refi right now? Um, it's a crazy time to ask that <laughs> right now. Um, I would probably say that I'm uh, 70. Uh, well, before COVID, 
mostly purchases and very few refis. Yeah. But now I, I would definitely say, I was going to say 70, maybe 60% is going to be that refi. And it's okay. kind of 50-50. But right now, today, 60% of because of something special that I'm that I'm kicking into gear right now. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah. But you know, I, can I go ahead. can can I jump back just real quick? To yeah, that, absolutely. That marketing piece is. Yeah. I was speaking to an agent who's been in the industry just as long as me, and he's really built a successful uh, business here. And so I, I I asked different individuals, "Hey, listen, what did you do? You know, how are you doing this?" And there's something that he said about marketing because he has his vehicle with with his name all on it and all types of other stuff. And he said, I do everything. I do the referrals. I do this. I do that. He said, the reason that I just do everything, number one, because you can, but two is you just never really know, you know, where it's all coming from. He said, I just know that it works. And by me continuing to do, to do everything, whether it's the wrap on the vehicle, whether it's the t-shirt or whether it's the jacket with my, my name on it, whether it's me, you know, my signature line, he said, I do it all because it all works. It's a great point. So, do you see, you got a lot of good points today. <laughs> You're pulling it out <laughs> of the introvert. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. All right, so we're, uh, we're coming near towards the end here. Um, one thing, you know, we all have our different ways of doing business. We all have our different theories. We all have our word differences. Let's just say mm -hmm. that. My last question to you, and we can build off this, is what advice do you want to give, whether it's to an up-and-coming person, um, the, the current community that we're in, or the future of it, what advice or, or words of wisdom that you can give? I would say, know what you want. And what I mean by that is, get a good, good vision for your life, even if it's not 20 years from now, you know, five or right now, know what you want and use this industry to design that life. And when you do that, when you know what you want, you may find that you may not need to close 40 loans a month to get that. And so you don't necessarily need to be caught up into what someone else is doing because you can be real, you can get down on yourself real hard when you're comparing yourself to someone else. So know what you want. Um, design, use this industry to design that particular life for you. Then when you see someone like a, a Todd Bitter or, or Tom Ailes or a lot of these other great guys, you know, uh, uh, Melanie Wahlberg, you, know, you just see them throw up these numbers. Big hitters, big yeah, hitters. You can celebrate them. You can celebrate them and, and you can, you won't feel uncomfortable having a conversation with them. Um, number one, they're all down to earth and so many others that I have not mentioned, by the way. Right. So they're all down to earth. You can approach them. You can have great conversation. You can get tips, insights, and, and all of these good things. And you don't have to feel bad about the fact of, you know, you know, woe is me. I'm the lowest of the low. And then also another thing is that when you meet individuals who are um, heavy hitters or consider themselves to be heavy hitters, and they may not be as mature as some of the others, in other words, they're heavy hitter. They know they're closing more volume than you, and they make you feel like it. Or, or try to, when you know what you want and you've crafted your life, you've, you've this, used this industry to build that, when you stand with those individuals, when they leave you, you won't be busted because you're confident in who you are because you've actually built your life. Now, it may change later, 
you know, that you decide, because for me, a long time, for a long time, uh, I've been doing this now 19 years, almost 20. And for a long time, I just wanted to stay a one-man shop because I just didn't want to be bothered with anyone. But in the last, you know, couple of years, I decided, you know, I'm going to build something. I want to build something that I can leave behind. I want to build something larger than me. And that shifted, the whole vision shifted. And so now it can no longer just be me. And so I knew what I wanted before. I know what I want now, but now the requirements have changed. Uh, yeah. And, and when the requirements change, you know, the conditions, they change. So in order for me to get this, this is what I have to do. So it also changes now or before I, I didn't necessarily need to listen to this type of message from this person or follow their plan or look at their model. But now I'm having to look at different models of, okay, so how did you get here? Having these quick conversations with individuals that are reachable, Scott Shang, you know, and touchable, you know, different and so many others as well that I've reached out to on, on the back end. And I cannot, cannot um, go without saying Anthony Casa who actually reached out to me in the beginning and got me a part of Brawl. So having these conversations with people who actually have built something that looks like, you know, similar to what you want to build, that's what you need to do. But know who, know what you want first, and then you want to use this industry to actually, you know, design that life and then find those individuals who are, who are real, who are down to earth, and you know they're actually killing it for real. Find those people who are sincere that can kind of help you along the way. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit on so many good points there, you know, and obviously know what you want, you know, and, and don't, I always tell people as well, don't, don't compare yourself, you know, to, to a Todd bidder or someone like that, you know, yeah. champion them. You're like, yes, that's, sir. that's what we're here to do. I mean, if, if set your own goals and hit your own goals and be comfortable with it. That's and then right. if you get a little upset about it, first off, don't talk bad about anyone if they did better than you and don't discredit what they did. They did what they did. You know, and and I think that's the one beautiful thing about our community is that, uh, you know, we've come together uh, without this community. I would never have met you. I would never have met Todd Bitter, Evan Wade, Melanie. I mean, I can go on and on. Just everyone, you know, and, and the and the thing I love about it is like when we go to our events or, you know, even in our, our uh, Facebook group pages and all that stuff. I mean, you're we're helping each other. We're helping right. each other grow. And that's what the true definition of a community is. And that's what I, that's what I love about AIM. Yes, sir. And it, it's, it's powerful. Um, and also you see so many individuals that come together. Um, I can honestly say that there, there are certain individuals that I look forward to having conversations with when, when I go, you know, to these, um, to these gatherings here, because I know that when we see each other in our eyes, there's no competition, there's camaraderie. Right. And, and that's why, I try to make sure that I'm there because I, I want to get something else. And also I want to be around people who know the fight. They know the struggle. I want to look in the eyes of people who, who have come from here and they're now here so that the encouragement of just seeing success, you know, walking by you and rubbing elbows with it, man, sometimes you need that. Yeah. I don't care no. who you are. You're 100% right. You know, and one thing I always go back to as well, and I know you'll, you'll help me out on this one is when we started, when we started AIM, I want to say we were about 12% of the market. You know what I mean? And for some reason we were each other's competition and I have no idea why, you know what I mean? It was like, wait, there's so much more business to get out there. 
you know what I mean? And when, when we do these events and, you know, it, it's just amazing to see that we've grown so much. I think we're around that 20% mark right now. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of business for us to get out there. And, and I love, you're right. You, you gravitate towards certain people that you're going to want to have conversations with. And, and let's be honest here. They're going to help your business grow. That's right. That's yeah. right. If you listen. Right. You know? And that's the thing is just listening. Um, I'm stubborn. I really am. And um, I've always taught that being stubborn can be a good thing. You know, it can work against you, but in some cases it can work for you as well. Because when you run into those people that try to convince you that your model is wrong or that you shouldn't be doing it this way, you're going to need to be a bit stubborn so that you can act and go through what you need to go through in order to prove um, that it really works. And so you can find out I look for other stubborn people like you and, (laughs) And <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm that Evan, stubborn, but <laughs> you, Evan, and, and Ramon, and and some of these other guys who, that that's why you're successful, because you're hard-headed, in the right area. Yeah. Right. Anyone who ever says, you know, no, that's not the way you should be doing it. It's just like I don't even want to talk to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I agree with you. You got to be, you got to be hard-headed on certain things. But man, yeah. anything that I can do to to make myself better, and even even the guys in my office, the guys and gals in my office. You know, we're always looking for ways to get better. Even if it's just, it saves five minutes of time. We're yes, always sir, looking man. to get better. Yeah. And before that five minutes of time, it didn't matter to me. But now that I'm having to build something that's going to go beyond me, man, three minutes matters. Right. Right. Because, well, let's be honest, we can help more people. That's right. That's right. Well, DC, listen, I, you know, I don't know if you have anything you want to add in here, but, uh, you know, this, this conversation that uh, you and I had has been powerful, enjoyable all at the same time. Um, you, you, you dropped a lot of knowledge on us. Uh, I think a lot of our fellow, uh, you know, peers and community people can, can take from this. So I just want to thank you for coming on. I, I honestly, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I've been watching the podcast for a while. And to be, you know, asked to be a part of it is just, um, it's a blessing to me. And so I appreciate it greatly. Yes, our pleasure. Thanks for taking time out of your day. So everyone, you know, in DC, thanks for sharing your insight with us. Uh, To my fellow brokers out there, if you want to get caught up on all of our podcasts and podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com. You'll see the the podcast link there. You know, I'll take you to Broker to Broker. You can also listen to all of our Broker to Broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And I'm sure there's probably five or seven, ten more that I don't know about because I'm getting old and I'm realizing my technology is (laughs) – my technology uh, whereabouts are going down. So – and then also when you're there – Please rate our podcast and leave a review. It helps us get the podcast out there and spread the word. And the word that we're always trying to spread is brokers are better. So DC, once again, thank you for uh, joining us and taking time out of your day. My name's Mark. Mark, Yep. My name's Mark Summers. I'm the president of AIM and we'll see you on our next episode. Lessons, everyone. Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for AIM members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better, select the group and click to join.